Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. God gave me a Ferrari because I am a Ferrari. You're a Ferrari too. When God made you, he had all the options put on. You are fully loaded and totally equipped. So do this with me. Where did we ever come up with the style of preaching we have today? There is some entertaining preaching, but not convicting preaching, and the legacy has been tragic. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. This is a little bigger than Barbie. This is Wretched Radio. We be jamming to Dance the Night from one Dua Lipa on the Barbie soundtrack. It's raked in a couple hundred million dollars lickety split. It's the number one movie in America, and there is no small amount of conversation about the contents of this movie. Many people saying it's indicative of the current culture wars. I would like to echo an article that was written in The Spectator that this is a little bit bigger than culture wars. The title is, This is Bigger Than a Culture War, Blame Michael Foucault. He really is the fellow who puts steroids into the idea that the inner man should define what is best for self and live externally the way that he or she is feeling internally. That was even back when we had just two pronouns. I don't even think Foucault would have anticipated that business. Nevertheless, postmodernism, it is the philosophical worldview that puts morality on the shelf and it tells you you got to make your own kind of music sing your own special song oh wait that's in the barbie movie too and the barbie movie appears 50 years 60 years after its creation to be representative of the current thinking in the cultural milieu about the role of men and women, toxic masculinity, gender issues, sexuality issues. After all, come on, Ken, we all kind of knew. And he had himself a buddy who, in the movie I hear, wears a rainbow shirt as they drive by a movie theater playing The Wizard of Oz. I... I don't think that they were dropping any eggs into this movie for any reason. The question, though, that confronts Christians is, what is going on here? Right now, people are debating whether or not Barbie is woke. Is it a feminist anthem? There are some people who are saying, "Uh, yeah, it absolutely is. Let me share it from you. From the opening scenes of little girls bashing their baby dolls on rocks. Well, that's charming. In a symbolic rejection of motherhood to the final scene where Barbie is so empowered and self-actualized, she visits um, a doctor for ladies for the first time. The film criticizes women's impulses toward motherhood, love, and femininity and leaves the lead character standing alone in the real world with no friends, no husband, no children, only the medical industrial complex by her side. That's actually... Not fantastic. That's pretty common these days. The world says, go ahead and be frisky with anyone you want. No commitment. You are the captainess of your own sexual destiny. And a lot of women who long to be mothers are now in their 30s asking, what what happened here? Well, Barbie tries to provide the answer. And it's found in one word, the patriarchy. Because Ken goes on a mission to try to figure out his identity. And he concludes it's all about being a male, which is why, you know, they had Sam Storm, not Sam Storms. (laughs) That's somebody totally different, please. That's somebody totally different. Sam Smith. (laughs) I just read a quote by Sam Storms. He's, He's not a theologian we typically quote here. It was about how heaven... Everything in heaven is going to flow down from God. So everything we joy, enjoy has its meaning and purpose in God. And we will be utilizing the stuff, every good and perfect gift, rightly, because we're going to be remembering, wow, if we think that this fill in the blank is amazing, what about the one who gives us this incredible gift? Sam Smith, on the other hand, sang a song that I wouldn't play for you. Jimmy, we... We just potted that thing up, but it's yeah. like, nah, not not going to do that. Uh-uh. What is a Christian to conclude is happening? 
it sounds like this is a culture war. The movie goes on and on. It's trying to elevate women, diminish men, according to some. On the other hand, now on the other hand, headline from CNN, that tells you everything. Barbie breaks box office records while crushing right-wing outrage. You want to get more views on your YouTube video? Use the word crush. It works almost every single time. This is this is a, an opinion piece that's basically telling anybody who's conservative, you lose, we won. You, you thought it was all woke. You thought it was all feminist. Well, you tried to boycott it like Budweiser and it didn't work because it's a blockbuster. By the way, here's somebody else we don't normally quote. Not that Sam Storms and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez are usually uttered in the same sentence. She explained in a Friday post, love how Republican congressmen, did she call them men? Love how Republican congressmen are just now hating on Barbie because she's too woke. Like, hello, this was a doll made for little girls who was a doctor and an astronaut before women in the U.S. were even allowed to have credit cards without their husband's permission. All righty then. By the way, um, she thinks it's ridiculous that Republicans are saying that there are progressive eggs buried in the Barbie movie. She's totally opposed to that. She hates the new Jason Aldean song, though, because that has supposed buried in, into it. The article from The Spectator, I think, captures what's happening uh, in, a, in a limited way. It's not as overtly Christian as, well, you know. We're going to be. This is what this individual whose name is Michael Milton writing about what it is that we are actually witnessing these days. We are not in a culture war, he writes, nor have we been. Culture is an expression of ideals. Remember that just in case you ever become the vice president and you're asked that question, what is culture? You're going to have something at least slightly coherent. Culture is an expression of ideals. The cult that is dominant in a society bubbles up in physical manifestations, the way we talk, the way we dress, the way we act, the way that we eat. And the contention of this author, and I think it's uncontestable, that the predominant cult in Western civilization has been, of course, Christianity. Culture is symptomatic and only occasionally the first mover of ideas. We are not in a culture war. We're in an ideological struggle for the Judeo-Christian religion. And he quotes a book from Tom Holland. It's called Dominion, How the Christian Revolution Remade the World. Not language I'm all that fond of, not a fan of the word dominion or revolution. Nevertheless, that Christianity is the unit of measurement for all other ideas. Tom Holland is a Cambridge fellow, and he used to say that the West was forged on Greek and Roman political ideologies. But instead, he concluded Western civilization is attitudinally and decidedly Christian. Now, we, of course, want to avoid saying it's a Christian nation because that has so much baggage. But I think we should be on safe ground, not that there's much of that left these days. We should be on safe ground when we say that the predominant cult that has informed culture is Christianity. Tom Holland came to that conclusion. Not, not to imply that there aren't other ideas that have been floating, but he said everything else is an alternative because Christianity was so dominant. Secularism derives its meaning from the presence of Western Christianity, concludes Holland. That's what's going on. This, this, this isn't just a debate about attitudes and roles toward women, gender, and sexuality. This has everything to do with tearing down what was and what was is Christianity predominantly informing society. Now, it no longer is. And so basically, you have a shell which is being chipped away at by even movies like Barbie. 
But we do well to remember that this is indeed, oh yeah, what did the Bible say? A spiritual battle in the heavenly realms. This isn't about culture. This isn't about Hollywood. This isn't about whether the athletic team has a pride, trans, whatever, somebody throwing the baseball out. No, this this is about God. This is about whether or not he will dictate what the morals and the values are, which is why Michael Foucault is such a helpful instrument in the progressive battle against Christianity. There are no morals. There are no values. Everybody writes their own rule book. And so it is, we have regressed to the book of Judges. And if we don't like it, we can can get agitated one more time by a talk show host who says, that's it. We're not going to take it. We're twisted sister. We got to do it. We're going to stand up. And then you don't know exactly how to stand because you're not giving any marching orders. Well, the Bible does. Don't like Barbie. Don't like all of the other nonsense that is bubbling up in our formerly Christian informed society. Only one way to change that. Make more Christians. This is Wretched Radio. Busy, busy, busy. Last year, Preborn Ministries provided over 92,000 ultrasounds, 54,000 babies were saved, 69 ultrasound machines were placed, 10,000 people responded to the gospel. Preborn Ministries, very busy, saving babies, saving souls. Would you please consider partnering with Preborn Ministries? $28 per ultrasound, five ultrasounds, $140. Yes, they are expensive, but they save lives. And Preborn Ministries uses good equipment with trained specialists, which is why the success rates are so staggeringly high at saving lives with preborn. Please consider supporting preborn at preborn.org slash wretched, preborn.org slash wretched. Have you ever felt like you're on an emotional roller coaster? It's okay to admit it because we've all been there and some of us are there now. Well, saddle up, buckle up, strap up, whatever it is you prefer. Just tune in to Transform with Dr. Greg Gifford. It's the podcast you quite possibly have been waiting for because it's the place where anxiety, loneliness, depression, and fear come face to face with the Bible. And don't expect Dr. Gifford to just read scripture. No, he wrestles with it and applies it to challenges we all face. Trust me, this podcast, it's a game changer. And it must be for me to say game changer because I loathe that phrase. But that's exactly what Transformed with Dr. Greg Gifford is. It'll help you, and it will empower you to help others, too. You'll be throwing out biblical wisdom like you're in Solomon's Court. New episodes, they drop every Saturday morning at transform.org slash podcast or wherever you usually listen to podcasts. Trust me, you'll be glad you listened. So there you are on your Googler machine trying to find a restaurant. What do you look for? Ratings and reviews. If it gets lots of stars, positive reviews, chances are pretty good you're going to go there. Question, would you be inclined to go to a restaurant that had a 98% approval rating and rave reviews? I suspect you would. MetaShare, Affordable Biblical Health Sharing, has a 98% approval rating. 400,000 members strong, sharing one another's healthcare bills, saving billions of dollars over the years, saving families on average $500 a month. And 98% of the members of MediShare give it a hearty thumbs up. I encourage you to call them and see if MediShare is right for you and your family. 1-844-34-BIBLE. 1-844-34-BIBLE for MediShare. Important dates in Christian history. 1536. John Calvin publishes The Institutes of the Christian Religion, the most substantial theological work of the Reformation. Calvin's ideas would deeply influence church and politics in Switzerland and Scotland and take root in the newly discovered North America. 
This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Forget the Dua Lipa. Let's get to some Jason Aldean. This is Wretched Radio. Try that in a small town is the name of the tune that's causing no small amount of controversy. Sung by one country artist, Jason Aldean. Jimmy, you got that? Uh, okay. Jason Aldean. Aldean. Try that in a small town because I've, I've been it. looking forward to this for days. What have you been looking forward to? Bring me into the hit, Jimmy. <laughs> uh, Come on, country music disc jockey boy, go. I, I'm coming. It's uh, it's Wretched Radio. It is uh, a beautiful day outside. And now one of the most talked about songs in America. It's controversial. It's not his first controversial. Ah! <laughs> Missed it. <laughs> Missed it. Oh, you have no idea how much pleasure uh, I'm in this. I know. I know. Weren't you listening? Have you lost your chops? I, I think I have. You don't use it, you lose it. How <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know that. All right, here you go. Because oh, we're going to grace. Go. All right. It's a beautiful day outside here at Wretched Radio. And now, Jason Aldean. That's a cheat. You don't like it? What? It's too easy. What, what did I do? All How did right. I cheat? I think I might be able to do better than that. Go ahead. Okay. Because I'm obviously suffering right now <laughs> the rest of us are too <laughs> everybody's talking about this one in our small town we like Jason Aldean singing try that in a small town that's ah! alright I mean <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jason Aldean's brand new tune I think it exemplifies, personifies. It's a really good example of what is happening in our culture. We hear stories like this. We read about Barbie and a gazillion other articles. And you you scratch your head and you keep running to Romans 1. Okay, totally depraved. Their minds are darkened. Got it. But let's see if we can maybe try to understand the darkening of the secular mind and why there is so much outrage over this Jason Aldean song. If you haven't heard, try that in a small town. Here, here are the lyrics. Sucker punch somebody on a sidewalk. You got to do it that way, Jimmy. Uh, yeah. Car- yeah. How's my southern accent? It, it's okay. It's close. Is it really? <laughs> Sucker punch somebody, somebody on a side. I'm sounding like Elvis. Well, he was southern. Carjack an old lady at a red light. Pull a gun on the owner of a liquor store. You think it's cool? Well, act a fool if you like. Cuss out a cop, spit in his face, stomp on the flag and light it up. Yeah, you think you're tough. He's clearly criticizing the images that are emblazoned. And I mean emblazoned in all of our minds when cities were burned down, when BLM was going bonkers and they were terrorizing entire communities. He sings, well, try that in a small town. See how far you make it down the road. Around here, we take care of our own. That's got to be racist because he's white. And that, oh, that's that's the other controversy, too, that the video was filmed in front of a place where a young man in the 20s was lynched. It turns out it's a very popular filming location in Nashville. Even Hannah Montana was filmed in front of it. It seems highly unlikely they were trying to send that message 100 years later. Nevertheless, liberals see that and they just glom onto it. Hey! Hey, what? That's racist. You can't sing the song. And it was pulled from CMT, the rotation for the video. Now it ain't hurting when it comes to streaming or the YouTube views. But it's telling when Christian Music TV pulls a song that talks about law and order. (laughs) That's because that's what this is. You cross the line, it won't take long for you to find out. I recommend you don't. Try that in a small town. Got a gun. That my granddad gave me. Now, I can understand Top 40 saying, that's got the word gun. That that word is prohibited on these premises. This is country music. Got a gun my granddad gave me. They say one day they're going to round up. Well, that won't fly in the city. Good luck. Or Wait, that might fly in the city. Good luck. Try that in a small town. See how far you make it down the road. Is he saying that they're willing to use weapons to defend themselves. Yeah, that's that's what he's saying. And the left is so agitated. Perhaps no outlet is more filled with angst than the Washington Post. 
the Not the Bee cited all of the different articles that were written. Would you like to hear the attitude toward this song? Does that Jason Aldean song go on a playlist or a watch list? Whoa, whoa. he's a terrorist now? Jason Aldean cashes in on the right-wing fantasy of violent retribution. Is that what they're thinking about us? The message in Try That in a Small Town is clear. The author writes, intentional or not? Well, I think that's an important detail. (laughs) The racial and violent imagery in this music video mirrors the divisiveness that has infected America. Um, I think think in one sense, that's nonsense. And the other hand, yeah, this is a reflection of what is going on. And when you hear what these people wrote in the Washington Post about this particular video, you are absolutely, you're going to shake your head. You're, you're, you're going to stroke your chin. If, you, if you're a man and you got a beard like a man should, and you're going to ask the question, where do they get this? And I think the answer is, it's their worldview. They have, we are not, this isn't, I don't know about you, but sometimes I have a tendency to forget that yesterday actually existed. And we think, well, look at what happened today. Well, these things have been brewing and simmering for a long time. The identity war of our society, it has been being a waged effort by progressives to undermine all things that are Bible influenced. This isn't new. And so we've had generations of indoctrination. This isn't it. Well, just imagine what the kids are going to be like. I don't have to imagine what the kids are going to be like. Yesterday's kids are now adults, and this is what they're like. Their worldview is firmly anti-Christian. And I'm not suggesting for a second that this helps us to go, oh, well, then we'll just, we'll just pass and never respond or call it out or speak prophetically, calling them to repentance letting them know their minds are darkened and it has led them down a very twisted, and by twisted, I mean perverted, not just windy, a perverted road. We must be calling people's sins what they are and then leading them to the place where they can have their sins forgiven just like we were led. That is is something that I think we forget to remember. Their thinking is no longer Christian by any metrics. It is just, it's not, it would be as if somebody did a song and it had a cross burning in it and it had something about um, a church, stained glass windows being destroyed. You'd go, hey, um, excuse me, what are you doing? And they'd say, well, what's the problem? We just, it's, it's just a, it's just something that we did for a video. Well, you, but that's a church. And that, that's a Christian thing. And the cross, is, it is the symbol of Christianity. You, you can't be doing that. We don't understand. And I think that's where we are. We don't understand this thinking because we don't recognize this is their credo. They affirm all of this stuff. This is in them. They are a tapestry. And it is woven with anti-God progressivism. Variety critic described the package, this video from Aldine, close to being the most cynical song ever written about the implicit moral superiority of having a limited number of neighbors. Uh, Okay. Um, Maybe the guy actually thinks it's good to have a limited number of neighbors. Can't have that thought. Now, we can mock that, but this guy actually believes it. Here's another one. Aldine's performance backdrop is Maury County Courthouse, which at times appears to be on fire as images of burning American flags are projected onto it. Because people were burning American flags. It's the same building where a mob hanged 18-year-old Henry Choate, hope I said that right, from a balcony in 1927. That's horrific. But Hannah Montana used that set, too. A Lifetime movie, Stepping into the Holiday, used that set. Does it matter? No. Why? Because they believe that everybody who leans to the right, a.k.a. Christian, uh, is racist, misogynist. They, they, they just firmly believe it. Just like we believe that their minds are darkened, they firmly believe our minds are twisted and darkened. 
Here's another critic. This small town full of good old boys is in his home state of Tennessee, which was scandalized in the 90s by an annual law enforcement gathering called the Good Old Boys Roundup that featured racial slurs and a simulated lynching. Wow, that's a lot of Googling going on. Good, Wasn't that the Dukes of Hazard? Just some good old boys. Well, they were probably racist too. Jason Aldean cashes in on the right-wing fantasy of violent retribution. What? Violent retribution? Isn't that what we saw a few years ago? The song juxtaposes scenes of urban violence and chaos against gentle rural imagery. How dare they? Uh-huh. There is a contrast. That's the point. The contrast, it's not rural and it's not urban. It's light and darkness. It's Christianity and everything that is godless. That is why Jason Aldean is getting hammered. This is Wretched Radio. Books of the Bible. Zephaniah begins with a shocking prophecy that God will sweep away everything from the face of the earth. But in the midst of judgment, God offers hope of salvation. Zephaniah gives us a picture of God's terrible wrath and reminds us of the wrath Jesus took upon himself for our sake. Flee to the Savior and be saved. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Why? Because I'm a giver. All right, Jimmy. (laughs) Again. All right. Well, controversy seems to follow him pretty regularly. Who am I talking about? Jason Aldean is who I'm talking about, and this is his latest hits. Try that in a small town. Boom! Hit it. Yeah. Boom! <laughs> You're back in the saddle, baby. This is Wretched Radio. <laughs> if country music comes calling, hang up, Jimmy. We want you right here on Wretched Radio, where I hold in my never-before nicotine-stained fingers a slew, and I mean slew, of stories that remind us Ain't no institution going to fix what ails us. What is happening in our world is deep. It is not just cultural rot. It's total depravity that has bubbled up to the surface and is on full display. And there is not an institution on the planet that is going to cure a very diseased nation. George Gallup just did a poll because, well, That's how they stay in business. Asking people about their trust in institutions, it ain't good. The people who like, yes, yes, we believe in this. We think that these things are good. Congress got a whopping 8%. Television, 14%. Criminal justice, 17%. Newspapers, 8%. Organized labor, 25%. Banks, 26%. Along with the presidency, public schools, large tech companies. And by the way, the church didn't do real good either. The point is people see what's happening in our world and they recognize even the institutions are corrupted. Institutions as a concept are good, I think, for society if they're good. Even our world, which has darkened minds, recognizes These institutions aren't trustworthy. Now, the left distrusts for different reasons than the right does. But nevertheless, there is a lack of hope that these institutions can fix problems. We should know that from reading our Bibles. Institutions, secular, man-made structures, even as good and as much of a blessing as they can be, even when... They are underneath the ministry that God has ordained to them, like the government, military, police, the justice system. We don't look to institutions, horses, or chariots for our hope. Our help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth, and people need Him to change their thinking. Institutions can't do it. And these stories should prove that. Half of millennials think misgendering should be a crime. Hello. So if you use a pronoun, that's obviously the right pronoun. When somebody says they're a different pronoun, according to the millennials, on behalf of a Newsweek poll, you should get a ticket. Zoinks, 
Scoob, that half of millennials, now it, it varies by generation, half of millennials think that's a crime. Okay, tell me, what institution is going to fix that? I know of an institution that actually appears to have fixed at least one person's misgendering problem. Did you see one of the latest videos that Ray Comfort has put out? He was witnessing on a problem, I think it was at a university campus. It was clearly a guy who had slightly longer hair, who was wearing makeup, no doubt from Maybelline, because, well, he was persuaded by the advertising of the makeup company that a boy looks good in makeup. And Ray Comfort witnessed to him. And the fellow said, I don't think that God can forgive me because, you know, look at, look at me. And Ray said, oh, no, he, he can forgive anybody. He, he, he forgives anybody who comes to him with a contrite heart, with a broken spirit. And Ray then said, may I pray for you? That's my impression of Ray Comfort. May I pray for you? And, 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 and this person said, yes. And Ray said, what's your name? What's your real name? And Diana said in a deep voice, Carlos, boom. On the, hey, what do you mean my real name? My real name is Diana, which is what he claimed it was at the beginning of the witness encounter. At the end, he was Carlos. That, that, that's because now if this fellow was getting saved, and it certainly appears that he could have been it brings clarity. Christianity brings clarity. Now, it doesn't always happen immediately, but it you, a lot of times it does with the really big nasty sins. But Christianity is all about fixing broken brains and miswired thinking. That, that's, that's, what, that's what the gospel does. That's why we need to look to Christ, proclaim him. He's going to fix Diana so that she realizes he's a he named Carlos. In the meantime, you got half the millennials saying, if you call, if you call Diana Carlos, you've misgendered. How, how would you fix this? All right, Jimmy, there's a number of institutions. There's police, there's unions, there's education, military, a government, church, big tech, all, all of those big industries, all of those, those big institutions. Uh -huh. Which one could help these millennials think better? Which could help them think yeah, better? That misgendering shouldn't be a crime. Uh, well, I would say the church. That's all that. I mean, like science, they, they pick and choose science whenever they want to. You can, well, XX and XY, there it is. Well, no, it's a little more complicated than that. Well, no, actually it's not. But you're not going to use science to persuade somebody that they're wrong when they are so profoundly broken. Article number two, <laughs> this was reported in Not the Bee. In an online interview, Sex and Sexuality in Modern Screen, oh, sorry, it's longer than that. Sex and Sexuality in Modern Screen remakes author, so apparently this doctor, who got a degree somewhere, explains why people, quote, get so thirsty for Disney animals. That the cartoons that our children watch, if you still let them consume Disney, are sexy. Quote, when a character that is putatively an animal, putatively, oh, she must have a doctorate. You got to be educated to be this ridiculous. When a character, an animal, speaks with a sexy voice and human physical elements, the producer is presenting a sexualized animal to the audience. None of this is an accident. For some audiences, the presentation won't be particular meaning, particularly meaningful. Yeah, that's because they're not just animals. They're cartoon animals, and there's nothing sexy about them. Even in the animal world, I'm not sure you could use the word sexy. Nevertheless, this person says, who has a degree from an institution, for others, this display will be distinctly arousing. Producers know this and cash in on it. Okay. If that's what they do, wow, you're going to fix that with which institution? Let's just say it's just this woman's imagination. You're going to fix her with a vote, with an election that somehow getting, hang in there with this, 
because I'm trying to make a point. I'm not making a political commentary. No Republican can fix this woman's thinking. This is, sorry, this is gone all. This is, this is, this is totally unhuman thinking. This is totally broken, busted, miswired, misfiring thinking. So it's perfectly logical that Disney animals play a big part in kids' early sexual development. And then she lists the top 10 sexy animals. Jimmy, number seven is Nala from The Lion King. Here's what this sexologist wrote. With her regal presence and sleek looks, Nala is a queen long before she takes a seat next to Simba. While she's a beautiful lion with golden fur and hypnotic eyes, she's so attractive. Her feminine strength and confidence, she isn't afraid to go after what she wants, especially when she tumbles in the grass with Simba and gives him a sexy come-hither look. Perverted! Grotesque! You're going to fix this with an institution. Story number whatever we're on. Major League Baseball pitcher was fired Boston Red Sox because he tweeted 1 Corinthians 6, 9. Okay, by the way, to this kid's credit, I don't know anything about the young man, but somebody asked him if another team came along and said, we'll hire you, but you got to remove the tweet. He said, nope, can't do it. I can't compromise. Good on him. How's about this one from England? A local Christian politician takes legal action after anti-LGBT pride tweet sees his life torn apart. What did he tweet? You guessed it. That homosexuality is a sin. Also quoting Isaiah 3.9, which is a great verse. For the, for the look on their faces bears witness against them. They proclaim their sin like Sodom. They do not hide it. Woe to them, for they have brought evil on themselves. The conservative party that he is a part of, they're investigating his horrible biblical tweet. Is there anything that can fix that type of thinking? Besides God himself, who is the only one who has the ability to do a 180 on the noetic effects of the fall that have so profoundly affected our brains? The world isn't looking to institutions. And frankly, neither should we. This is Wretched Radio. Ah, some good news. Two encouragements from the Tomorrow Clubs. They have hundreds of weekly kids meeting clubs in Eastern Europe, but now they've expanded to Africa and the kids are swarming the Tomorrow Clubs. They have never seen greater attendance than the hundreds of new clubs that they are opening up in Africa. That should encourage all of us. The gospel is going forth and reaching kids in unreached places. Encouragement number two, would you like to become a Tomorrow Club's ministry partner? Your support will help the Tomorrow Clubs open up even more Tomorrow Clubs and reach even more kids with the gospel. Please consider becoming a ministry partner at tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Hey, thanks for listening to Wretched Radio today. Are you tired of standing on one leg like a flamingo? Well, good news. We don't actually want you to do that. We want you to stand firm with us using both legs as we continue reaching millions with the life-changing gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Just like our friend Josh, who recently wrote in and said, Wretched has served as a valuable resource to me. And we're grateful for you and your ongoing support because it makes testimonies like Josh's possible. We promise not to waste your money around here. We don't buy jets. We don't buy fancy flamingo costumes. Don't know what my infatuation with flamingos is today, but as a gospel partner, you can help us to create more compelling, efficient, and sound productions like Wretched Radio and TV, Road Trip to Truth, and Transformed. We're ECFA approved, so our books, cleaner than a flamingo's feathers. Yep, won that bet because I squeezed in another one. Ready to continue standing firm? Just visit wretched.org slash donate or text the word wretched to the number 44321. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. So you're not convinced of the importance of training men to rightly divide the word of truth and fill pulpits internationally? Fine. 
then we'll let Paul Washer convince you. It is so important, not just important, it's absolutely essential to have a trained expositor of the scripture in every church. When we read through the book of Acts, we can see that the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Christ, advances as the word of God advances. Would you please consider joining the Master's Academy International in filling empty pulpits with men who can exposit the scriptures and advance the kingdom of God it's a magnificent ministry with a generational impact. Please learn more about supporting TMAI at wretched.org slash pastor, wretched.org slash pastor for the Master's Academy International. Titles of Christ. In the Bible, Jesus is given many titles that teach us about who He is and what He has done. Jesus is called the Son of Man. Daniel chapter 7 describes the Son of Man who came from heaven, received worship from all nations, and rules a kingdom that will never be destroyed. Jesus uses this title to affirm that He is fully human and fully divine. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Pay attention, Jimmy. The thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. Spanning the globe because I have a variety of stories scattered on top of my radio desk that do not fit into one tidy segment. So what's a talk show host to do? (laughs) You don't want to sound incoherent. So you put them all together, play an old theme song and call it Wide World of Christian Stories. This is Wretched Radio. Let's span the globe. Huh? Come on. <laughs> hey, that was good. I'll give Come you credit. On. Come on. But, but. I hate to interrupt myself and pat myself on the back. <laughs> but how many times have you talked over that intro? And how many times have you talked over Jason Aldean? Well, hundreds, huh? hundreds, Are you really going to point a country music finger it's, at me, it, Pally Boy? It's a different song. It's a different song. <laughs> Let's go to China, shall we? Oh, cool. They're rewriting the Bible. Isn't that an exciting endeavor? The Chinese Communist Party has embarked on a 10-year project to rewrite the Bible. I wonder if they're doing that with the Quran. Doubt it. A possible sneak preview of what a Bible with social characteristics might look like appeared in a Chinese university textbook in 2020. So, Jimmy, um, I've studied the uh, the Gospel of John in Chinese, the uh, rewriting by the Communist Party. Okay. Um, so go ahead, name your fi- what's your favorite verse from the Gospel of John? Uh, well, you know it's John three sixteen, Todd. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that goes how? Uh, well, for God so loved the world uh-huh. that He gave His only begotten Son, mm-hmm. that if uh, whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Here's the Chinese translation. Okay. Shut up and do what you're told. <laughs> what they got right there. It's not very long. You want to, do you have another favorite Bible verse from the Gospel of John? Uh, uh, I, I'm the good shepherd. Um, yeah, okay, that's good. I'm yeah. a good shepherd. Stop yeah. thinking is the translation from the Chinese Communist Party right there. Actually, here's what they got. The rewritten Gospel of John expert ends not with mercy, but with Jesus himself stoning the adulterous woman to death. <laughs> Feel free, communists. Go ahead. Take our holy book and just... Make it sing for you. Replace the Ten Commandments with quotes from Xi Jinping. Thou shalt have no other gods before me became resolutely guard against the infiltration of Western ideology. You didn't know. That was buried in the Hebrew language. It took the communists to figure that one out for us. Let's go to Scotland. Shall we? SNP ministers claim the ambitious and radical plan was needed to address Scotland's death crisis. What is the plan? Let's decriminalize drugs. Okay, that that should that's definitely going to get people to no longer inject horrible things into their veins and die from fentanyl. The proposals were dismissed within an hour of their publication by the UK government, but that really isn't the point as much as you've got politicians in Scotland who think it would be good for everybody to decriminalize 
hard drugs. Why? Huge drug death fatalities. I guess that's redundant in Scotland. The changes would see so-called fix rooms where addicts could inject drugs under supervision of you know, if somebody is going to shoot something toxic into their veins, it's good to have a professional in a lab coat supervising and have the drugs checked for purity. Apparently, then they're going to do some cutting rooms for those people who like to cut. Make sure they've got safe razor blades mm. and plenty of tourniquets available because, you know, you don't want to see people getting hurt yeah. doing something <laughs> like that. Brown University. Have you heard all about it? Where is Brown University? It is located in Jimmy. Go ahead and tell. Oh, it's in the UK. Where it is? We're in. We're in Great Britain now. Is where we are. Forty percent of Brown University students say they are not straight. The LGBTQ population has tripled in thirteen years. Well, isn't that an amazing phenomenon? Can we ask some questions about the legitimacy of those statistics? Well, we're gonna. Why the explosion? especially in light of a statistics that a statistic that's buried inside of this study and that is even though by sexual identification it grew 232% that's humongous and yet they're not acting on their gender profession they're saying that they're no longer straight are they doing those activities not much it's really low from the article. Identity is rising much faster than behavior. Despite bisexual identification growing by leaps and bounds, bisexual activity has not, leading some researchers to believe there may be a social aspect to the identity. No way, Jimmy! You don't suppose peer pressure oh, no, not that at all. the students are doing it because it's cool, daddy-o. Uh, don't, we, don't we just need to go back to high school ourselves? What was the cool thing back then? Most likely, you did it because it was cool and you didn't want to be out. Furthermore, if you happen to be one of those individuals who was automatically deemed out for whatever reason, there is a lure and attraction to wanting to be seen as in and all you need to do is come out of the closet and you are seen as the it crowd. And we are seeing a proliferation of professions of confusion on campuses I would suggest to you far more from societal pressure that this is a fad and a trend than it is genuine and internal. Jimmy, I'm trying to think back in high school. Okay, here was here was the, this is what I remember the trend and this is the one that's coming to mind for me. Okay. You would wear a coat uh, on top of a sweatshirt and then the hood would go outside of the sweat, uh, outside of the jacket. That, that look right there. So wearing a hoodie, not on your head, but hanging from behind, that was cool, man. And then, and then, you wore shorts over over baggy sweatpants. Uh, you did with high tops. Well, we did, and that's what you did because that's what everybody did, and that's what the kids are doing because they're being told that that's cool. Do you remember what your trends were? Oh man, I'd have to sit and think about it. But it was it was. Um, did it have anything to do with an open bed pickup truck? <laughs> yes, yes, and, <laughs> and we, a gun rack. Uh, not, not necessarily a gun rack, but it, driving from one end of town to the other. That was it. That was it. If you want to be cool, do it. Ditto when it comes to sexuality. Want to go to a bereavement camp? Well, thanks to time, we're going to. And this is a statistic that is, it, it, it's, it's, it's the world's results are officially in. There's a suicide hotline, 988. It's the Veterans Crisis Line. In its first year, want to know how many people called the suicide hotline? Jimmy, you want to take a stab at this? Uh, I'm, I'm going to say it's up there. Five million. Wow. There's a lot of hurting people. Bereavement camps are starting. One by, and, and here's the church. Here's, here's, here's the place where kids can actually learn how to grieve rightly and biblically and even gasp transparently. There might be something we can learn from these bereavement camps. Not much, but there is something from the article of time. One by one, children toss note cards into the flame each one bearing the name of a loved one lost to suicide, fathers, mothers, brothers, etc. Each card makes the fire burn brighter. 
A burst of light and memory as the paper singes and crumples. When each child has had their turn, they embrace in a group hug, crying, smiling, grieving, and healing. <sighs> it's not going to help them. It's not going to help them. But they're so desperate to find healing. And parents are so desirous to see their kids be made whole again. They send them to this type of thing. It's a three-day suicide bereavement camp where you can heal. Quote, if you never tell your story, grief doesn't go anywhere. It just hangs out on your shoulder with you. If you tell your story, it depowers it. No, it doesn't. It, there's something a bit cathartic in expressing how you're feeling on the inside. I, I, I don't argue with that, but that's not going to make you whole. You need something bigger. You need the comfort, not from a card being tossed into a bonfire. You need the comforter. Suicide rates up 37%. You know the statistics. 50,000 people in the USA died by suicide in 2021. That means 450,000 kids will lose a parent to suicide. Woof. That is tragic. And we have families all around us that are experiencing it. You know how suicide is? It doesn't just, rem it's not like the passing of an individual because of a disease or an illness or end of life. Uh, it's, it's a profound tragedy that just ripples through a community. World's hurting. Their response, bonfires, cards, bereavement camps, and telling your story. Church, maybe we need to let our kids know that this is the place where you can find healing, where you can find hope, where you can find help. And maybe, just maybe, I don't know. We should let the world know that too. And until tomorrow, go serve your king. <laughs>